0: if you would take your Bibles to John chapter 15 we've been going through the gospel of John and chapter 15 Jesus gives us instructions on our relationships with him uh, which we've looked at over the last three weeks and how we are to abide in Christ and now moving to chapter 15 verse 12 He's going to give us instruction on our relationship with one another, I believe, with one another, even in the body of Christ. And then he's going to give us instruction on the weeks to come. We'll see in our relationships, our relationship with with the world. And so today we move to verses 12 through 17 on our relationship as Christians with one another, our relationships within the body of Christ, the church, Jesus deals with this relationship to one another. uh, I believe because we see in the other Gospels, as he is giving instruction here and there in this upper room, we see in the other Gospels that these disciples, these followers of Jesus, begin to argue with one another. They begin to debate about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And so here you have Jesus who is getting ready to go to the cross, giving them instructions on the time that is to come following his departure, and all they can do is argue and fight about their position. It is truly amazing how quickly and how often our pride gets in the way of our lives. So Jesus tells them that they need to love one another, The truth is unity and love were going to be necessary for them to be able to do the work that lies ahead of them. And the same is true for us today. Unity and love within the body of Christ, within the church, is necessary for us to do the work of God. Can I tell you that again? Unity and love... Uh, not um, in disregard to holiness and purity, but unity in love is necessary for the church to be the church and to do the work that God has called us to do. In chapter 13, Jesus had already given them this message when he says a new commandment that I give, that you love one another, and he clarifies as I have loved you. And obviously... As we come to this chapter, it did not sink in there in chapter 13. So he tells them um, that others there in 13 will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we should have love for Christians. We should have love for his church as the followers of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that we would be challenged, Lord, in our love for you and our love for one another today. I pray that you use your word in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it uh, before, you've heard me say it, but the first thing we have to come to understand as we come to this passage of scripture is that love is not a feeling. Uh, Our world has distorted this biblical perception, the biblical understanding of or this biblical concept of love. Love is not a feeling, but it is a decision. As you notice in this passage, Jesus is giving them a command. Christ commands them that they are to love one another. And so he he cannot command us how to feel, but rather he commands us to choose love, because the reality is we don 't always feel like loving, and we don 't always believe that people deserve our love and so and the truth is we don 't always like people, but the reality is Christ had told us and commanded us to love one another. Love is a decision, but love is also. A commitment, a commitment to a continual devotion. And since it is a command given by Christ, Christ will also then give us the ability to love. It's funny how often we quote, "I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me." When we talk about you know maybe a sporting event, "I can do all things through Christ with strengtheneth me. If I work hard, Christ can do this for me." And so often we take that out of context. And the truth is, is we can do all that God has commanded us because he is going to give us the ability. We look at the Bible when it says, be ye holy for I am holy and say, well, well listen, I'm just a, a sinner and, and so there's no way that I can be holy in my flesh and we kind of justify our sin. But wait a minute, listen, God has commanded us to be holy people, therefore he's going to give us the ability. And I believe that we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. So the most unlovable person in the church, the most unlovable person in your life is somebody that you can love if you'll do it under the power and ability and strength of Jesus Christ if you do it in your flesh you're gonna struggle we struggle in a lot of areas in our flesh because our flesh is weak the spirit might be willing but our flesh so often is weak and so if we go based on how we feel and whether or not somebody deserves our love or not we're never going to obey this command of Christ But Christ has commanded us and he's commanded his disciples and his followers to love one another. Not only does he give us a command, but he also then gives us the quality of our love. The quality of our love. As I have loved you, as he has loved us, so we are to love others. He then predicts what is about to happen. As he tells them here in this passage, look with me if you would, verse number 12. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. And then verse 13, he, he predicts really what's about to happen to him. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. one another. And so Jesus is telling them he is going to give his life and this is the greatest testimony of love. But I want you to notice before we get to our four points today, back in this passage, what he says to them. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then he says, ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Basically what Jesus tells them is, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then he basically says to them, are you going to lay down your life for me? You are my friends if you obey my commandments. So will your life be one that is characterized by obedience to God, to Christ and his word? Well, I I love you, God, but I don't want to obey you. Well, I love you, God, but I don't want to go to church. I love you, but I don't want to read the Bible. I love you, but I don't want to tell other people about Christ. I love you, but I want to run my life and do what I want to do. And so he's telling us there, listen, it does not work that way. Greater love had this. And listen, I'm going to lay my life down for you. And will you lay your life down for me? He tells us that we're to take up our cross and follow him. Will we give up ourselves and this is the conflict that was going on in John chapter 15. The disciples were fighting with one another. It's all about me and my position. It's, and it's all about me and my rights. And listen, we see the same thing in our society today. That is the, that is the, the culture of the world that we live in. It's about you, your position, your power, your, your blessings, you receiving. And that has crept into the church. And so now we live sometimes or oftentimes in the same mindset. It's all about me and my position. Am I getting my way? Are you serving me? And that's totally contrary to the word of God. Jesus said, I came to seek, to save. I came to serve. I came to sacrifice. And listen, I'm going to give my life. Would you do the same? You, You say that you're my friend. You say that you love me, but you're not even willing Listen, I'm not asking you to die. I'm just asking you to obey my commands. And let's start with the first one. You need to love one another. You say you love me, but yet you're sitting here in my presence. You're bickering and you're fighting and you're, and you're getting angry with each other. all about your position. And the sad truth is, is we see that church after church after church after church in our society today. It's not about worshiping God. It's about me getting my way. People don't come to church to worship God, to give and to serve. They come to get. What are you going to do for me? And we see that's why people leave churches today. Well, you know what? I didn't get anything out of the church service today. Let me ask you, what did you give to the church service today? Nobody served me. Nobody shook my hand. Nobody showed themselves friendly to me. Listen, did you serve? Did you shake somebody else's hand? Did you go out of your way to be a blessing to other people? You see, that's why Jesus came, to give, to serve, to sacrifice. And he's commanded us to do the same thing. Are we willing to lay our life down for Jesus Christ? And really, I believe what he says is, listen, I'm willing to die for you. And I'm asking you, will you live your life? Will you live your life for me? Not for yourself, not for the world, but will you live your life for me? You say that you're my friends. You say that you have this relationship with me. But the truth is, in verse thir- chapter 13, he said, listen, your love for each other is going to be the testimony to those around you of the fact that you are my friends and that you do love me. And so he's reiterating this over and over again. Now, there's four aspects of this love that I want you to see from this passage today. And really, these should be characteristics of all of our lives as people that follow God and love him and love one another. Number one, this love that he shares with us is sacrificial. This love is sacrificial. Look back with me. Verse 12, this is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, I want to be very clear here. Jesus came to this earth to give his life. Now you say, pastor, maybe you're new here, maybe you're visiting, maybe you're not a believer, maybe church Christianity is new to you. Why did Jesus come and why did he give his life? He gave his life because we understand that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because of our sin, we have been separated from God who is a holy God. And so we have no relationship with God. You might be here today and you might think, listen, I'm a moral person. I'm a good person. I mean, God obviously loves me. And listen, you can be the most moral and the best person in the eyes of men. And the truth is you're a sinner on your way to hell without Jesus Christ. But Christ came and he gave his life to die for your sin. Hey, listen, he came, he didn't come just because he liked these guys. He he didn't come just because, you know, he wanted to hang out with this group of 12 guys uh, for a few years and have a good life and and, and then go and and give his life and and die. He came because of their sin. He came because of your sin and because of my sin. And listen, he came to uh, offer the free gift of salvation and, and forgiveness of, of sin. I mean, think about it. He was betrayed here by Judas. He was going to be denied by Peter. He was beaten and he was killed. Why? Because John 3, 16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should have uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died. Christ gave his life for us, for our sin. Listen, he did not come and die so that you'll be a religious person. He, he did not come and die so that you'll have something to do on Sunday morning at 1030 because you have nothing else to do with your life. All right? He came to die because of your sin. And listen, the greatest need in your life today, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, is to have your sins forgiven. And that's why God sent Jesus Christ. And he tells us if we will come to Jesus Christ through faith and receive that gift of salvation, he'll save us, he'll give us eternal life, he'll make us part of the family of God, he'll make us part of his church, he'll give us a home in heaven, he gives us all of these spiritual blessings. And listen, religion can't bring any of that. Your morality can't bring any of that. And so that's why Jesus came. And so Jesus tells us he came, he came to sacrifice himself for our sin. And so are you willing then to give yourself and love for others? Are you willing to sacrifice yourself your, your time, your possessions, your pride, and your arrogance. Are you willing to give of yourself and sacrifice? Because that's what he's called us to do. We can't tell people, well, I love you, but don't ask me to do anything for you. It doesn't work that way. Jesus says, love as I have loved you. How did he love us? Sacrificially. Number two, we see of this love, it's relational. Look with me at verse 14. Verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I have command you. And so he gives us this picture of relationship. He says, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. This idea of friends, friendship shows this relational aspect that we have with Jesus Christ. But I want you to see here, friends communicate. Friends communicate. Think about that for just a moment. You know, uh, there's a lot of people in this world that know a lot about me. All right? If you've spent any time with my son Caleb, you know everything about my life. Um, because, And if you want to know everything, just talk to him and he'll tell you everything about my life. But most people, you know, people in my life that truly know me, uh, I have a friendship with. And some people know more about me than others because of the type of relationship uh, that we have. There are a lot of people out there in the world, they, they have no idea who my my name, let alone anything about me, because there's no relationship. And Jesus says, I want to give you everything that the Father has given me. I want to, I want to share with you. And so we see friends communicate, talk. Uh, You think about the people that are your closest friends. You know, there's some people that you call, maybe on a month, 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 month-to-month basis. I have pastor friends. I texted several of them this morning. I'll text them, you know, maybe once a month on a Sunday, hey, praying for you, pray for your service and all that stuff. I have other pastor friends that I'm closer with. I text them every week, hey, just praying for you and, and praying the Lord will use you and, as you preach and all that stuff. I have other pastor friends I talk to two or three times a week and because those relationships are, are stronger and more intimate there. Friends communicate. Friends also share. Friends, also share with one another. He says, For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You know, friends want to to share information. Now, unfortunately, most of the time, you know, when we share, we we like to gossip. Hey, call somebody up. You need to know this. Did you hear about this and all that type of stuff? But but the truth is, is is friends want to uh, to share information. Uh, Paula Smith. She works at a, a grocery store, and um, every once in a while on Facebook, I'll I'll see Paula post. You know, because that's where all your true friends are on Facebook and all that stuff. But but Paula will post about a sale that is going on at. Uh, Payless. Hey, we got this meat. Listen, I have went to the store and bought meat because of what Paula posted on Facebook and I blame her. Okay. And so, but, but this is a great sale and she thinks everybody should know about what's on sale at Payless. Why? Because she cares about her friends and she wants to save them, you know, 59 cents a pound off of ground round or whatever it is, ground chuck or pork butts or whatever it is. She wants them to save money. And so, but she shares with them. She wants what's best for other people. And that's what Jesus is saying. Everything that my father has given, I want you to know because he wants what's best. He wants what's best for you. And listen, if you care about your friends, you're gonna want what's best for them. And so do we communicate with one another? Do we pray for one another? Do we bear one another's burdens? Are, are we concerned about other people? Or man, do we truly want people, when we ask them how they're doing, just to just say fine and walk away? I don't, I don't wanna know what's going on in your life. And Unfortunately, that's most people. But as true friends that love one another, we have a, re- a relationship. And so we care and we rejoice with those that rejoice and we weep with those that weep because of this, because of this relationship. So you, tell, you say that you love people in your family. You share the gospel with them. You, you say you love other Christians. And are you sharing truths about what you've learned and how you've grown and trying to help them grow Communication is such a key aspect of our relationships and sharing information about God and who he is and what he's done should be a normal part of our relationship within within the church. You know, it's easy for me to talk with people about, um, you know, my golf game and how bad it is or about sports teams and stuff like that. But as close friends, we should be talking about what the Lord is doing in our life and how he's, he's helping us and how we can pray for one another so we see it's sacrificial we see it's relational and then this love we see is God's will it's God's will look with me at verse sixteen uh, here he says there ye have not chosen me but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and so the Bible tells us here that he has chosen these men to to serve him they did not choose to be his disciples or to be the servants, the foundation of the church. But he chose them. He chose them to walk with him during his earthly ministry. He chose them to be the foundation of the church. In the Old Testament, he chose to work through Israel. And then he chose to work through these men uh, to found the church. And he has chosen to work through the church. Now, I just want to stop here very clear, for just a moment. We see the word chose or choose in the Bible and we kind of get a little tight and antsy, right? And some people want to say, well, there you go. There's election, there's predestination right there in in the Bible. But I want you to know in the context of this, and we'll come back to this in just a moment, Jesus did not choose these men to be saved as he's talking about here, but he chose them to be his apostles. He chose them to be the 12. He chose them to be the, the foundation Of the church and and so in the same way that he chose the church today to be the one to take the gospel forth he chose them for a specific ministry and we'll come back to that in just a moment I'll explain more even more on that but he chose them to do the work and he has chosen to work today through the church He's chosen the church to take the gospel to the world. He chose the church to make disciples and to, do, to be doing discipleship. He's chosen the church the, the, corporately to be the place where we as the body are edified with one another. Listen to these words, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 through 15. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers... Now, I want you to get that again. He gave pastors and teachers. So biblically, I am God's gift to you. So just understand that there this morning. He gave pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And so he's chosen the church to be the place that we grow and we're encouraged and strengthened in our walk with with him. And, and, And so that's such, that makes the church so vital in our life. And so he chose the Old Testament. He chose the nation of Israel to do his work. And he chose the disciples there to walk with him during during those three years of ministry. And then um, we we read about the apostles' doctrine and the founding of the church there in the book of Acts. And now we read and understand that the church is who he is working through to win the world to Christ and disciple and to see people grow and strengthen. And so we see It is God's will for us to work and to serve and to show this love. And then we'll see this love is evident. And this love is evident, or there is evidence of this love, if you would. Look back with me at verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Basically, I've ordained you uh, to do the work. So when we think about ordination and ordaining, uh, we think about pastors being ordained into the, we, we call it ordained into the gospel ministry. So when I was ordained, I was ordained for a specific purpose, uh, in, for being a pastor. And so he goes on there in that verse, and he says that you should go forth, and here's what he chose them for, not to be saved, but to bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain that whosoever ye shall, or whatsoever, excuse me, you should ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that ye love one another. And so we we have to read the whole passage. We can't just choose. See, I chose you, you didn't choose me, and take that out of the context and try to prove our theological point. He says, I you haven't chosen me, I have chosen you to do my work and to bring forth fruit. And so there's going to be evidence of our love for others. What's the evidence? We'll bring forth fruit. You know, I really believe that everybody brings forth fruit. Some people, it's just bad fruit. Some people are just obnoxious. They're just annoying. Some people, he's like, I don't have any friends. Uh, Nobody likes me. You know, at some point, we have to figure we're the problem. All right? I mean, at some point, we have to figure we're the problem and not other people. And we need to make sure that we examine ourselves and that we are loving people and sacrificing and relational and following God's will. And this will be evident through the fruit that we we bring forth. And we see that the fruit that came from these men... As the church is founded and there at Pentecost, 3,000 were saved and added to the church. And uh, so they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine and, and they went house to house ministering and people were being saved. And, and, and listen, we could say today that Grace Baptist Church is fruit from the ministry of these men. As the church began, they faithfully served the Lord and their legacy and their work, their heritage, continued on and on and on and on. And so they're, they're Fruit was evident there. Their fruit also. Then he tells us it will, it will remain, it will remain, and our fruit will continue on. You know, sometimes we get proud of ourselves because we do, you know, one good thing. You know, in, in our home, you know, our home could be a wreck, our home could be a mess, and I'll go and you know I'll sweep up the kitchen, and then I'll tell my wife like, Hey, aren't you proud of me? You know, did you see I swept the floor? Like she'll come in and say, this is a mess and that's a mess. What's going on? Why is your socks over here in the corner? And the kids aren't doing this and all that type of stuff. And I'll be like, wait, wait, didn't you see where I, I swept the kitchen floor? I mean, come on, isn't, isn't that enough? Like, you know, we, 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 we want to do that one good thing. And really the idea here of loving one another is something that's ongoing and consistent and it's continually bearing fruit. And we're continuing to impact others. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we're going to have fruit that we don't even know about. And years later, we come back and found one kind word. We may, made an impact in somebody's life. And I've heard testimony after testimony of, you know, well, I got saved because some person shared the gospel with me in the grocery store or handed me a track or, or said they were praying for me. And that made a big impact on my life. And, and then years later, they come back down to those people and tell them, listen, you'll never know what you did for me in my life. You see the issue with these disciples is they wanted right now I want to be number one I want to be the greatest in the kingdom I want the high position sometimes sacrificing is washing people's feet sometimes it's giving of our time sometimes as Christ did it's giving of our of our life at moment, in those moments we don't know what the fruit is going to bring think about Jesus on the cross as he's looking at the or he's looking at these people these soldiers and the people chanting crucify him crucify him and he says father forgive them for they know not what they do in that moment it might not seem like your investment is worth it and that it's making a difference but Christ going to the cross literally changed the world Christ going to the cross and rising again literally changed my world and so the question at this point is do we impact others in a positive way listen that will be evident it will be evident you know a man must show himself friendly if he wants to have friends we reap what we sow we're if we're, we're mean spirited and 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 we're selfish and always wanting to be served, guess what we're going to reap the consequences of that. but when we're kind tender-hearted forgiving one another forbearing and loving other people and serving and sacrificial and and, and putting ourselves out there and, and 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 loving others as Christ has loved us, that's going that fruit is going to come and it's going it's going to to remain Jesus tells these disciples who are bickering and fighting love one another as I have loved you sometimes the truth is some of the hardest people to get along with are Christians we have a different viewpoint or different opinion about some things and and listen there's some things I'm going to fight you on all right we're we're just going to you know you tell Jesus is the son of god and you deny that there's we have a, that's not just a difference of opinion Okay, there's some things that are just that we're going to have to stand for truth and righteousness and what is right. Some things, listen, I part my hair on the left side, you part your hair on the right side, I don't even part my hair, you know. And listen, I remember when I got saved, that was a big deal. Like, you don't part your hair. So I had to start parting my hair. I mean, I looked weird. Now that I look back at the pictures, I looked weird. Not just because of the parted hair, but for many reasons back then. But we have a different opinions about things like that and we become angry and upset about those type of things. Amen. And those become conflicts and we, they create bitterness and anger and so we see the situation more than the person and when we love one another we see our preferences and our position and our way as things that we're willing to sacrifice for the benefit of others. Especially within the body of Christ. And you know, the more unified we are and the more loving we are, I truly believe the greater opportunity that we'll have to reach this world. The more we fight, the more we bicker, the more we're against one another, the less ministry we're going to do. The less fruit we're going to have for the cause of Christ. Jesus is telling these men as they're there before him, hey, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. No, I'm gonna be the best, I'm gonna be number one. Jesus says, guys, love one another as I've loved you. So you're gonna want what's best for the other person. You're willing to sacrifice your pride, your position, yourself, for the benefit of others. And listen, that will make the world of difference as I send you forth to be my servants as I send you forth to start the church, as I send you forth to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, love one another. So greater love hath this than no man, or excuse me, greater love hath no man than this than he laid down his life for his friends. And then he says, you're my friends. When we sacrifice and show love to others, we're not just doing it to them, We're showing that we're giving our life to Christ. Would you do that today?